I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Get him up, get him going. It is Thursday on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. A chilly Thursday, 41 degrees in the ATX. And Colder than that outside the uh, city limits, certainly wherever you're coming, to, listening to us from. Maybe colder than that because uh, if you're listening on 1019 AM 1260, your temperatures are in the low 40s. If you're outside of Austin, outside of the 512, listening on the Horn app or at hornfm.com, uh, who knows what the temperature is where you are, but you pre- we appreciate you being there as we launch this Thursday, the 4th of January, and uh, start talking Texas football in the transition stages of their season. It was this day in... 2006 at the Longhorns won a national championship January the 4th if you remember we'll celebrate that uh, national championship season and unfortunately for the Longhorns they will not play for a national championship on Monday night with their season coming to an end just past Monday in New Orleans continue to recap that loss but also what's to come Longhorns getting some good news yesterday uh, one day after the uh, announcement of Xavier Worthy off to the NFL Longhorn is coming back, and a big one at that. We'll get you details coming back. Uh, Also, it is the final weekend of the regular season in the NFL. Pro Bowl rosters revealed yesterday. Cowboys with a good contingent headed to the Pro Bowl ahead of their showdown with Washington on Sunday. Houston Texans with one. We'll get you details there as well. We've got NBA, college basketball, and a lot to do. Five hours, and our five-hour Thursday conversation begins right now. And as we say, we appreciate you being there, however you find us, on 1019 FM, also AM 1260, and streaming uh, in Austin and worldwide on that Horn app, also at hornfm.com. Look who it is as he uh, uh, rolls in here across the across the desk uh, from the 713 down in Houston, Texas, and DB High down there, also from the 512 right here in the ATX. Spent four years in the NFL, 16 now years now, uh, doing great media and radio here in Austin, Texas. He is our shutdown corner. He is Blackstradamus, the football theorist. And the proud papa of Baby Monroe, he is Rod Babers. What's up, RB? Uh, what's up, brother? Appreciate the uh, intro, as always, and the uh, hospitality. And uh, once again, yeah, man, uh, excited. A lot, lot to talk about. And uh, still, um, man, still processing uh, the Longhorns' loss in that uh, Washington in that game versus Washington. I actually watched the game for a third time. Probably the only person who's going to watch it that many times. I'll admit. And as you said yesterday, probably the players whose season and career ended yesterday or on Monday probably won't ever watch it. No. I players. Mean, a lot of times they don't. I mean, the coaches will probably watch it, but the players won't. A lot of guys won't even watch it again. I mean, that's the I mean, guys who are coming forward, back, Mike. Guys who are coming back, Mike, to learn they some things. Might, but I doubt it because the coaches don't make you watch it when you're coming back. They, like, we never watched the bowl game. I mean, we won or lost it, we never came back. Or that spring was like, all right, let's watch this bowl game film, guys. Like, I, I want to say most of the country they never watched the bowl. They never watched the bowl game. The coaches do, but the players don't rewatch the bowl games. Even the ones coming back. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, isn't I, it weird? Well, we never did. We I, never at, at at any point rewatched the bowl game as a team. 
I, 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 we watched every other game during the regular season. Yeah, well, because season's over. Yeah, and you're more. You but that's know, your routine. That's your routine. Though you're used you, to, you used to, to come back diving and, into it. And, but once it's over, we we never went and watched. I got I, I can tell you right now. I the first time I rewatched my bowl games was after I was done, like on YouTube, like a decade plus later. And what was your final game at Texas? That Texas LSU game. Texas LSU beat Nick Saban. Didn't even go back and rewatch it till like a decade something later, like <laughs> decades later on YouTube. When I was like, I, one day I saw it, I was like, you know, let's check, let's check out some of the. And that's that's when I, I I've never ever actually uh, rewatched the bowl games as a team. That's interesting. I just thought about it, and they won't either. They won't. And maybe they don't have to relive, but the coaches will. Coaches got to go back and they'll learn all the stuff that we learned. Anyway, yeah. My point is, I've probably you already probably watched the only three person, I'm the only person on the planet. Who's watched that game three times? I can tell you that right now, because it doesn't. It, it, players don't do it, and the coaches certainly won't. They'll watch it once and then they'll flush it, and they'll be done with it. Well, we will f- find out what you gleaned and learned from nah. the uh, third re- rewatch yeah. of uh, Monday nah, night's you know, Sugar Bowl. Nah, it's too much. Too <laughs> much? No, I do. I want to know. You want to know more? No, no, no. That's just for my notes and stuff. I'm tracking the game and looking at different stuff that people mm. that only nerdy football people want to talk about. So that'll be for the future. But yeah, yeah, we can get started because you're right. We're moving on. The Alfred Collins news is big news. That's good news. Uh, there's some, there's a, uh, another topic I want to get to in um, behind the burn orange curtain uh, that's that's Longhorn related, football related. Cool. So we'll get to that too. Uh, we got to start talking NFL though. Um, we'll do a little bit of that in Raj Red. We'll talk some NFL, but obviously all throughout the show uh, we'll get into the NFL Pro Bowls. Which um, do people still care about the Pro Bowl? No. Okay. But I think the players because it's a it's no, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, a vote it's an accolade. Of, it's an, yeah, yeah it's coaches, a players, and fans all have a, uh, a, a say of, in the vote. Uh, and but it's just an accolade, right? It's yeah. it's, it's it's not. It probably they there's probably play. some roster bonuses too, or at least some bonuses in the contract when you, you make them Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is it. Yeah, it's, but the know, game itself, it, no. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what you're right. The accolade itself, that's important, but the game itself, I don't. I still they keep switching it up too. I, actually, I gotta go check the format of the new of the Pro Bowl now because they even play a game where it's just the games, like the they play the. The different like was it, wasn't it a flag football game last yeah, year? Yeah, I think they almost have a field day basically where they play like they do play flag football, but they they play like I don't know they'll have a kick a punt pass and kick kind of stuff. Uh, they'll also have competitions about catching and throwing like the accuracy. I got to go back and check it. I, that's how little people care about the Pro Bowl. I'm not even sure about the format of the Pro Bowl currently. Uh, all right. Anyway, before we get to it, uh, let's give a shout out to those who serve because we're proud and happy to do it each and every morning. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate each and every one of you who are up early with us uh, doing God's work, uh, whether it be God, country or community that you're serving. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you, the soldiers, first responders, uh, teachers, nurses, the officers of the law, each and every one of you. We can't name you all because there's so many of you, but uh, we know you. it's a uh, thankless job most of the time. So thank you. No question about that. And we uh, thank you very, very much. Up and uh, Adam on this Thursday morning, almost to the end of the week. And as Rod said, got to start zeroing in on some NFL. It's week 18, huge games this weekend. We'll tell you which ones matter. Uh, hard to say. Uh, there, are, there are several that don't matter. And so you're going to see a lot of uh, star players resting and those kind of things. But for the Texas teams, they absolutely matter. Cowboys can lock up the division, lock up the 2C with a win in Washington. Houston. Uh, their season can continue into the playoffs with a win against Indianapolis t- on Saturday night, or their season can come to an end. Uh, we'll talk more NFL and get you get you cranked up. Let's start with the top stories. It includes that uh, big story, including all, uh, about Alfred Collins. Let's get you the uh, top news. Top headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Yeah, college football, really good piece of news from the Longhorns yesterday. Multiple reports now that defensive lineman Alfred Collins has 
made the decision to return to Texas for another season. He's already played four years at Texas, but because of the COVID year, has another opportunity to come back, and he's going to take it, apparently. 6'5", 320-pound lineman, has appeared in 48 games in Burn Orange, made four, uh, six starts over his four-year career already. Former five-star recruit from Bastrop, so has plenty of room for growth and could be a key piece on that Texas defensive line that's going to lose to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy to the NFL. Elsewhere in college football, it's high school all-star game week. The All-American Bowls down in San Antonio coming up on Saturday afternoon. Four Texas commitments will participate in that game. Quarterback Trey Owens out of side fair. Five-star receiver Ryan Wingo. Linebacker Ty Anthony Smith and punter Michael Kern are going to play in that game. Seven other members of the Texas 2024 class have participated in yesterday's Under Armour All-American game in Orlando. That included their three five-star defensive prospects. Edge rusher Colin Simmons, safety Xavier Filsamy, and cornerback Kobe Black. If you're keeping score, the ice side of that game won the beat the fire team 39-9 in that ball game. Uh, college hoops last night, tech-ranked Texas women bounced back from their first loss of the year in a big way. They roared out to a 23-11 first quarter lead in Lubbock, rolled past Texas Tech 74-47. Aaliyah Moore scored 18 points, grabbed 12 boards. Deanna Gaston had a double-double of her own with 17-11. Texas improves to 14-1 on the season, 1-1. In Big 12 play, 23 Texas men are going to host the Red Raiders in their Big 12 conference opener on Saturday night at the Moody Center. Uh, they're off to an 11-2 start through 13 games now. NFL had the final week of the regular season. The NFC and AFC Pro Bowl rosters revealed yesterday. Uh, the NFC roster includes seven Dallas Cowboys. Uh, four are has been voted in as starters. Zach Martin, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, and Deron Bland are in as starters. They'll be joined on that NFC squad by quarterback Dak Prescott, one of the three NFC QBs, specialist Brandon Aubrey, and Brian Anger also headed there. Uh, Texans left tackle Laramie Tunsil, the lone Houston player, playing on the AFC roster. Of course, as we mentioned, it was a vote of fans players and coaches all getting uh, a quarter or, or, or a third of the say there. In the NBA, all uh, two of the three Texas teams in action last night. Mavericks rolled past Portland 129-97 behind 41 from Luka Doncic. Kyrie Irving back from injury at a 29 down in Houston. Rockets top Brooklyn 112-101. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler named the 2023 PJ Tour Player of the Year as voted on by his peers. Second consecutive year, the lifetime Longhorn has won that award. First time so a player has gone back-to-back since Tiger Woods in 2006-2007. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Do we think it's a clue? Um, Because there's been rumors that LSU, because LSU, for those who don't know, uh, basically uh, they fired their entire defensive staff. Because they were right. a bad defense. They were a bad year. defense, and they were in, they were an amazing offense. There's a, they have the highest trophy winner. <laughs> There's an argument to be made. They were the be- best offense in the country. I mean, Texas just faced another team that's in that discussion, Washington. But they were a really really good offense. Uh, so Ryan, Brian Kelly's got the offense taken care of. Uh, the defense lost them some games, so they decided to fire the entire defensive staff. There is a rumor, at least floating around Cajun country. Um, Because I got my swamp people, got folks over there. Uh, But a lot of Longhorn fans are talking about it, too, is that Bo Davis, who's here, is considered the best D-line coach or interior D-line coach in the country. And that they may throw, basically, throw a lot of money at him, throw a lot of bags of cash at him. Now, he's already making a lot of money. He's fine. He's making plenty of money here at Texas. I believe he's already, what, a million dollars as a position coach. He's making good money. So, in Texas, can I mean, they can match and beat any offer from anybody. It would be a Bo Davis decision. Now, he's from there. I mean, he's, he went to school there. Yeah, at LSU. At LSU. Started, it was a grad assistant there yeah, to start his coaching. There. Yeah, so it's, it's got, he's got deep ties and, and roots there. That would be the only, 
I think concern for Longhorn fans is that maybe he he would be drawn to go back to some to some of his roots. Uh, but I think Alfred Collins coming back. I don't know. Is that a clue that you don't have to worry about that? I mean, I, I get I mean, look. It's his alma mater, uh, and it's really where he started his coaching career um, back in the early two thousands. Uh, but he, he feel, it feels like he's settled in here. This is a great place to live. But, again, it's, it's a personal decision. And if it's about paycheck, the Longhorns can, can – yeah, It won't be about money. It won't be about money. Uh, about Longhorns money. can match that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, Bo Davis has done as good a job. You know, when, when uh, Steve Sarkeesian landed him, brought him in to, to anchor the defensive staff, uh, along with Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, said he thinks he's the best defensive line coach in America. And I think the, uh, the evidence – supports that of what you've seen with the development the recruiting yeah. um you know his you know the Bo Davis ran on the bus after the Ames Iowa game a couple last year or two years ago uh that maybe kick-started the uh, the rebuild here but uh, in the culture but either way I mean um it, it, w- it would be a loss for Texas there's no doubt about that you know, uh, he, but he was a D-line coach there he was a strength and conditioning coach yes he was be, uh, just to be specific about it he's never been a D-line coach there correct um he became a D-line coach after that in the league and other places so that, yeah I know, mean maybe he, Maybe he'll be drawn to. Oh, yeah, I've never been a D line coach. Well, he's from McGee, Mississippi, yeah. across the border there, and he's, uh, you know. But again, I, it, this is a personal decision. Alfred Collins returning may indicate that uh, uh, a couple things. But Alfred Collins probably isn't ready for the NFL. Uh, he's got got some some growth, and uh, uh, same time, you know, it, would would Bo Davis being being still here be a part of that? Uh, we'll see where this goes. But it's that time of year now, Rod. There's only two teams still playing Monday night. Everybody else is in transition mode and roster building in the second phase of high school recruiting. Of course, that window will open, yeah. uh, reopen in February, uh, early February. Uh, but also the transfer portal continues to be uh, impactful. Yeah. yeah, and then coaching hires. Upgrading your coaching staff. And, you know, Steve least. Sarkeesian has built something that, that looks like it's growing, you know, in the right direction. So you're, you're going to have – I mean, Jeff Choate's already left to take the head coaching job at Nevada. He's the linebackers coach. Uh, there's, there's some reports that uh, you know, he may be looking to bring some of that Longhorn, some, some Longhorns with him in the portal. We'll see where that goes. But, yes, Bo Davis, this is one to watch for sure because he's, he's, uh, he's an alum, and LSU's trying to fix their defense with Brian Kelly. Uh, I, th- I think he stays, but we'll see. Yeah, well, just because there's just, just ties there. Anytime that, that happens, I mean, uh, there's been talk about even PK with some of the, uh, some of the changes uh, with some of the West Coast teams, uh, and PK's got some interest, and it's a good thing. That's a, that's a, it's a compliment to Sark and the staff that he's built that at least there's interest every time uh, you get a big-time opening uh, that there are rumors that, you know, obviously one of your coaches could be a significant candidate for that job. That's good. That means you hired the right coaches. That yeah. mean that well, they, when, when, uh, but, remember when USC and Lincoln Riley moved on from Alex Grinch, Pete Kwiatkowski was reportedly yeah. one of the, uh, the short list uh, yeah. hires. He went in a different direction, brought in a defensive coordinator from the NFL. Uh, but either way, but look, Bo Davis has a chance to put down roots at Texas. I'm not telling him what to do, but you know he's been in the NFL. He's been, I guess, UTSA. Yeah. He was with the Detroit, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, Alabama. Um, you know, he's in Austin, Texas now, coaching the Texas defense. He's got another nice recruiting class coming in on the defensive line. And the return of Alfred Collins – to go with um, the other additions that are coming in, uh, you know, there's not a lot, there's not a not a lot not to like about what's going on here in Austin. Uh, but he is the, it's an alum, right? If, if, you, exactly. if UT it's, called you, Rod, that's, you know what I'm it's a, it, that's why you know you at least have to discuss it. It is, sure. a, you know, it's, it's a reasonable possibility 
because, yeah, I mean, you, you're drawn to your alma mater. There's a loyalty there. There's an allegiance there, that kind of thing. And I'm sure in the, in the pitch, because if LSU is smart, of course they'll. <laughs> Make him a pitch. Yeah, of course they'll reach out to Bo Davis. I mean, he's, he's considered one of the top two best D-line Make him say no, right? Yeah, you start your, your list of the best candidates, and if he's not on the list, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> so he's on the list, and they'll probably reach out to him or his agent, and then he'll have a decision to make. And as, we, as I said, it's not going to be about money. Money is not the issue. It'll be whether he feels like uh, that's best for him and his family, and that's something that he's always wanted to do. Um, but Texas has they have, they have a they have a great culture right now, and what they're building looks like it's headed to headed in the right direction. So there's nothing about the University of Texas that will turn him off, right? right. There, would right dissuade him from just not from turning that down. Um, so I think that's the good news. If he's doing it, te- there was nothing Texas could do to persuade him to stay. If he's going, he was just he, he he's been waiting on that position on that offer for his entire career, and he's just going. Because everything else Texas has to offer is right now better than what LSU has to offer, other than his loyalty and allegiance to his alma mater. Well, look, having just spent – I know a lot of you out there did too. Spend about an hour in Baton Rouge sitting in traffic. I wouldn't do it. (laughs) <laughs> also got traffic too. I know, good. I'd rather exactly. be sitting in traffic. I would you though. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, yes, As I, I said, my Waze app sent me off. I went all through the suburbs of Baton Rouge. I went yeah. down by the Baton Rouge Country Club. I was mm-hmm. down by the, the rich big houses. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, nah. And some people, honestly, we talk, we talk about this in recruiting all the time. Some young men in recruiting, they prefer the metropolis or the city, and some guys prefer more of the country. Yeah. All right, life. And there's just nothing wrong with that. It's a preference. Um, and that's why the Aggies get some really great recruit. Not That's not why, totally. But some of the recruits are drawn to that. And some coaches, too, also – they may not want to be in a big city. They don't want a city home. that continues to grow like Austin. That's a you know a, a pop culture mecca, and yeah, you got a lot of traffic. But I mean, we're we're joking, obviously. That's in jest, but that is a result of the city continuing to grow, and it's that ain't that ain't gonna stop. And yeah. some and some coaches like, no, nah, I don't really like that. I don't want to be in a big city. I want to be in a smaller community, and some other places can offer that. So you just never know. Or he'll just get a big raise, you know what I mean? Uh, get a nice raise out of this oh, deal. That's, oh, that's that's guaranteed. gonna happen regardless. <laughs> that's gonna happen regardless. Like, Stay on. That's the other part of you know, it's, it's high school all star game season. It's it's recruiting season, transition season, and it's coaches getting raises. Oh, and season. you know what? It's scouting season. Okay, you start talking about the combine. Oh yeah. Talking about guys and forties and hand size and all this kind oh, of boy. nonsense. Exactly. It yeah. is one of the, yeah. It's, it's one of those seasons. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, and um, we are going to check in this morning with our buddy uh, Jerry Hamilton from On Three Sports and get an hey. update from him. Also, C.J. Vogel will jump on with us, recap the game on Monday night, and talk with him. So, we'll ask both those guys throughout the course of our five-hour conversation this morning. Rod, as you mentioned, we'll take you behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. We've got NFL playoffs. Anybody jump out to you out of the Pro Bowl that didn't uh, make it snubs that that got in or didn't get in? Um, you know, there are those that are arguing that Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, should have been one of the three AFC quarterbacks. He didn't make it. Who uh, are the AFC quarterbacks? Lamar Jackson, Tua, okay. and Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to, to knock one yeah, of those, I'm but, to say, I mean, you but can't statistically, take... Josh Allen's has been better than Patrick Mahomes, and he beat by Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City this okay. year. Well, so I was going to say, you can't be over Lamar Jackson or Tua because nope. they're just better this year. Uh, yeah, you can make the Patrick Mahomes argument, but this is, my, <laughs> this is why nobody cares about the Pro Bowl because it's part of popularity contest. Yep. It's part popularity contest, and you have to admit that, and they're basically saying that by the way they divide up the voting. <laughs> it's part popularity contest. And and you only have three spots. <laughs> yeah. And he's Patrick Mahomes is more popular. Well, so and is there if you're if you're if you're sitting there, coach, player, fan voting, 
it's hard to keep Patrick Mahomes off your list. Yeah, because the coaches think he's the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> yes. He's the most popular quarterback in the league, so the fans don't vote for him for popularity. And then players, well, he's already got two-thirds. And I've watched a lot of the Chiefs <laughs> games this year because they're all on, and Taylor Swift's always there. I don't, exactly. I don't think it's his fault that they're not as good as they've been. I mean, uh, I see his players dropping balls, and uh, he yeah. hasn't been as good. But, you know, Josh Allen wasn't great to start the year. I, uh, that's a tough vote um, if, if you because you, you only have three spots and you have to vote. You've got to put Lamar Jackson in. He's going to win the MVP. Tua has been tremendous. And uh, then you got one more spot. Who are you going with? I mean, you know, C.J. Stroud, if he hadn't gotten hurt, would be on his way. But he, you know, he's only three spots, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he, he's going to win that. It's, it's <laughs> but what, they've, what they've found is that fans don't necessarily vote about the season, that, that particular season at Pro Bowl. They're just voting about who they think is the best player. They don't really vote about that particular season. They're not doing research on that. They're doing just, hey, man, I like this player is the best player at that position, and I think he's awesome. And that often leads to guys getting snubbed because sometimes guys aren't well-known. Um, they aren't necessarily, you know, popular players, but go look at their season and they had great seasons. They, they will never make the Pro Bowl. That's why the Pro Bowl is a little bit, you know, janky. <laughs> janky is a good one. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's a great no, – so I'm not diminishing it at all. I'm just saying like that oftentimes that's why you got guys getting snubbed. And, yes, the Pro Bowl, I went back and looked at it, the, the new Pro Bowl. It's a flag football, but before that it is – they play games. Dodgeball, they do. No, this is real. <laughs> and people will tune in. Uh, yeah, you'll have people tune in. I mean, I'll, I won't be one. I'll, exactly. I like, that, that won't be me, but people will tune in. But, yeah, after they, uh, before they do the flag football, up, uh, leading up to it, it's dodgeball. Uh, they got the longest drive, uh, precision passing, best catch kind of stuff. There you go. Sounds good. It sounds appealing. Well, sit and think about this, too, from the Pro Bowl, Rod. Midway through the season, what kind of odds could you have gotten that Jalen Hurts would not be one of the three NFC quarterbacks? Hmm. Like, what kind of odds could you have gotten oh, yeah, that Jalen Hurts would not be no, right. one of the three NFC? When they were 9-0, and that's true. could you imagine Jalen Hurts not being one of the three NFC no. quarterbacks? Because he's not one of them. Uh, Brock Purdy, I Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford are your three NFC quarterbacks. I also thought they had the, <laughs> the division locked up, too. Yeah. There's no way they could lose the division. No. Wrong about that. Watching them collapse at this point. Oh, man, like a dying star. Yeah. It's an implosion. Crazy. Um, um, oh, yeah, so they also play uh, kick, kick, tack, toe, move the chains. Uh, kick, tack, toe? It's like a – I think it's like a punt pass, kick kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and then they do the flag football game. So they play games, like field games, like really kit games <laughs> for most of it, which goes to my theory that the NFL, that's part of their candy cigarette strategy. They play kid games, the games that kids would play in elementary schools on field day, and then they can better relate to the players. Oh, he's playing dodgeball like me, playing little, you know, games like that. I think that that's the NFL strategy. Okay. Well, them. because, you they know. Want the, they, want, they want that viewership to continue to increase. Little kids watching. Well, and uh, players are competitors, and at least that's something to do. It's not playing a football game that no one wants to play in and get hurt in, and so it became a – uh, essentially a touch football game. Uh, our man uh, CB on the text line says uh, the biggest snub was Cameron Dicker, the kicker, not making it. Now, you can only take one kicker, and Justin Tucker made it in the AFC. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Justin Tucker, Cameron Dicker, you only get one. You only uh, get one. And like I said, I haven't looked at kicking stats, so I don't know which one was better, CB. Let me know which one was actually better. But like I said, Justin Tucker, he's more, he's more well-known, 
more recognizable. Remember, remember Cameron popular. Dicker was doing the commercial. Remember the that's, digital media that's team? That's why guys do that kind of stuff because they know, like, it's a popularity <laughs> contest. To get these votes, I got to go out here and do something crazy and get known. Like, people have to know who I am. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just going to vote for the same guys over and over again. Well, that's the seventh for, for Justin Tucker. So you have to supplant him now yeah, if you're going to exactly. knock him out. And, people uh, going to the voting booth and just voting for the, the name they know, which well, often happens. <laughs> like, hey, I know that name. Too. And Justin Tucker's still pretty damn good. <laughs> so yeah, They're not paying attention to the issues or that season. Well, how about, uh, how about the Cowboys? Their, their rookie kicker is in. Brandon Aubrey hadn't missed a kick. He's going for the NFC. Why? Popularity, because he's the Cowboys kicker. And he hadn't missed a damn kick all year. You know, he is great. He's amazing. Pretty damn good. He's amazing. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't been a better kicker. And he's a great story, though. That's a great story. A great story with uh, him, man. Coming out of the world of soccer yeah. and the, uh, the Canadian Football uh, League, wherever he was. The story helps. Yeah, man. Well, Cowboys have a chance to win that division. Lock up the 2C with a win in Washington on Sunday. Can't Texans will play Saturday night against the Colts with a playoff spot on the line. As we said yesterday, both that's t- essentially the first AFC playoff game. Both, both the games matter. I mean, I love that. Big time. wasn't in Texas. I mean, they're well, we'll get into this too, Rod, but, uh, you know, we, we t- when we'll talk more about the, uh, the controversy in the Cowboys-Lions game. Think about it this way. I mean, how, how huge a call that is, right? If you're in Detroit, you're angry because you, you, you should have won that game with a two-point conversion that got taken off the board. Um, Dallas, of course, says, well, wait a second, there was a tripping call on that in, earlier in that drive that, you know, that would have never happened and those kind of things. But in the end, Detroit not winning that game. Well, think, about, think about it for the whole NFC, Rod. Because now San Francisco, because San Francisco would have to play this weekend, right? They would have to be all in to try to lock up the one seed in the week off mm-hmm. if Detroit had won that game. And Detroit would still have a look at the one seed. Instead, it's locked up now. San Francisco is in as the one seed. So uh, Christian McCaffrey won't play. Brock Purdy's going to sit. They're going to sit a bunch of starters and don't have to, they don't have anything to play for. Nothing. Uh, which, that impacts the entire NFC. You know, the, the, the 49ers now get extra rest because of that. That's how big that call was. I mean, uh, it was, it, there's a, the, the second and third level effects of that, that call and that, that Detroit loss and the Cowboys win, you know, it shakes everything up. And it could, could, it could impact the competitive balance of the NFC because now the Niners get an extra week to yeah. rest people, get everybody healthy, give, you know, don't risk an injury this weekend in a game that is meaningless to them. So we'll talk about the teams that the weekend is meaningless for, that it means a lot for, uh, so you can be ready for two games Saturday and then a full slate on Sunday. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll get some what the facts in our first hour. As we mentioned, good guests today, recapping the Longhorn game and um, looking forward to the uh, recruiting week and month. Uh, we'll get to all that coming up. The transfer portal continues to be out there. We'll get to all that over the course of five hours. We're just getting warmed up on this Thursday, 4th of January. Appreciate you being in there, however you find us, on 1019 on AM 1260. Streaming always on your Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on The Horn, it's Welcome up with Ian Rod Babers. It's uh, behind the burnt orange curtain coming up, and yes, it is the 4th of January, which is one of those days, Rod, January 4th of 2006. Longhorns beat USC in maybe the greatest college football game ever played, or certainly one of them. Vince Young from five yards out on fourth down, and the Longhorns win the national championship. Uh, That was this day, 2006. And uh, unfortunately for Texas, we'll not uh, have their opportunity to uh, win a national championship in 2016. 23-24 because of the loss on Monday night, and you've now rewatched the game two times on top of your initial watch. Is that yeah, correct? That's right. 
That's right. And uh, I mean, the more times I watch it, I realize Washington just played in a fantastic football game, um, and all their elite players played at an elite level. I mean, that's and, and Texas' best players did not play an elite level. They didn't all play a terrible game or a bad game, um, but they just they couldn't match the energy. They couldn't match the energy of the elite level leaders and players of Washington. I'm talking about Penix and Odunze and Braylon Trice. Those guys were unbelievable. Here's a little stat about uh, Michael Penix. You're going to have C.J. Vogel on uh, a little bit later on. C.J. does a great job at uh, C.J. Vogel underscore T. 930, 930. We'll talk to C.J. Um, he, put, he pointed this out via Twitter. Uh, Michael Penix, is nine, he had a 93.5 grade uh, by Pro Football Focus in the Sugar Bowl. Highest graded performance of the season. Yeah, he was at his best <laughs> in the biggest moment of the season. That is, that's clutch, guys. And my man Nash pointed out at Nash Talks Texas, uh, he had the second best grade of any quarterback to participate in a college football playoff game. Um, <laughs> like, like, period. I mean, that's unbelievable. Well, and it's uh, you know, you know, go back to two thousand and six. Vince Young felt like he got snubbed for the Heisman Trophy that year and took it out on USC that night. Played his best game of the season and uh, was yeah. pretty much unstoppable. Michael Penix felt like he probably should have won the Heisman Trophy. He's got that dog in him, Rod. Got that dog. And um, you know, as we said all month, leading into the game, the the strength of Washington is their passing offense and their quarterback, and yeah. you know, the, the weakness of Texas. The biggest weakness is their pass defense, and uh, you know, both things showed up, and uh, he played to an elite level. And you know, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of a um, you know, moral victory, but Longhorns had a chance to win the game. Uh, despite it all, Longhorns had three or four plays to try to win the football game, which tells you about the competitive spirit and the grit of the Longhorns. They still had a chance, even though they didn't play to that level and ran into a buzzsaw in Michael Penix, who's a really good player, runner-up for the Heisman Trophy, but played his best game played of the game. year. Yes. Played yes. to his highest level. Yeah. Uh, that that he can, and that's and he wasn't the only one. That's that's a tip your cap moment at some level, man. That's frustrating, Brilliant. but at the same time, that's, that's Trice what, had his one of his best games. Yes, he did. His best game, <laughs> Roma Dunze. Yeah, Roma I mean, Dunze, I mean this, yeah, and the, and the just one guy, wasn't just hero ball. Yeah, well, and the Joe Moore award-winning offensive guys. line. I don't know if they won the battle with Texas. Well, they did. They won the battle with, with the Texas they, strength. Yeah, you you two games they lost. They lost against as you point out veteran quarterbacks, right? Veteran quarterbacks who were obviously very familiar with their systems because they had been in their systems for a long time, too. Uh, Dylan Gabriel had been in that Viren Shoot system a long time. Michael Penix had been in this system even back going to do his time in Indiana. And also Texas lost the lines of scrimmage yeah. in, that, in both of those games. Yeah, I mean, uh, you needed – if your pass defense is your weakness, you needed your front seven and your down four to really dominate um, to give you a chance, and they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they, the, the offensive line for – uh, you know, Washington was the equal. Uh, Texas didn't get any pressures when they had pressures. When they did, Michael Penix avoided them, but they didn't, yeah. you know, collapse the line and, um, you know, dominate that like you, you needed them to if you were going to slow that, that offense down. Uh, and then, you know, look again, you just give, give credit to Washington. They won 21 games in a row. Yeah, they're no joke. Uh, they're no joke there. And uh, <laughs> as we said yesterday, if you missed our conversation, they're the first team in Division One history, right, Division One history to play 10 consecutive games that were decided within 10 points and win all 10 of them. So they got the clutch gene. They find ways. It's not always, you know, they just, they, they win. And uh, the Longhorns ran into that, and that's something to, uh, as, as Steve Sarkeesian used to build this, and Sark has talked about the 12-month process that begins with winter workouts. Um, you know, that's, you can use that as a lesson. The guys, that's, that's, that's what we need to build to, and we'll get there because Quinn Ewers will come back next year as a, 
as a uh, third-year starting quarterback, which is big. Michael Penix is a sixth-year starting quarterback in college football. Take, ma- experience take, matters. What's taking that, uh, that announcement so long? On Quinn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It almost feels like they're coming out one once a day. One a day. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, oh, they have till the fifteenth. You said so. They don't want to. They don't want to steal each other's shine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, X Man, this is your day, man. Hey, Alfred, you got the next. Yeah. Day. Well, you wonder if there's yeah, a conversation. I don't, you, I don't know. Because we're waiting on. Because we know X Man's going. X Man's. We know. X-Man's we now know that Alfred Collins is coming back, and you'll talk about that coming up. Matter of fact, we can do that. in behind the Barnard's curtain, we can discuss the guys. What What are the questions? Right. You got. Who are the guys we uncertain about? The guys who already know are leaving. The percentages we can get into that a little bit too. Let's do it. Let's go behind the BOC for the first time this morning. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right. So uh, a lot of Longhorn fans got some really good news. Uh, yesterday that Alfred Collins was coming back and I, I think for Alfred Collins it was a no-brainer I really I mean I and I, I remember hearing the news that he was going to play in the senior bowl um, so I wouldn't have judged him and obviously I, I wouldn't have criticized his decision to leave you want to get go to the NFL that's your dream trust me I had the same dream I get it but when you watch the, the trajectory of the past two like basically groups of D tackles that have been the front-line D tackles for Texas under Bo Davis and under PK. I mean, look at the ascent of, of, of Coburn and Moro Ojimo, and look how they transformed into being um, players who uh, maybe they were going to play, play in the NFL, but there wasn't a guarantee that they were going to get drafted to play in the NFL. Uh, both of those guys end up getting drafted. Uh, Coburn actually is with Tennessee now. I saw that. You know that Keandre Coburn? He's with Tennessee. I saw that. Yeah, he must have got released by the um, Chiefs at some point. Tomorrow, yeah. more I saw him making some plays for the Eagles last more, week against no, the Cardinals. The Eagles love him. Yeah. I mean, they've talked about him. They, they love him. And they, they've talked about he's an investment because they see him with a lot of upside. Um, and I think I, – I, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up, I didn't think more, uh, Keandre Coburn was a guy that was going to get drafted prior to his breakout season two years ago with Texas. A lot of that is, he gives credit to Bo Davis. And Bo Davis turning him into a great player. I, I understand what a coach can do for a skill set. I understand um, how a coach can make you the best version of yourself as a player. Coach Aquino did that for me. And Coach Aquino was considered the best DB coach in football, in college football, or pros for a long time. Um, and Bo Davis has that same reputation as a D-line coach. And he did that for Coburn and Moro Ojimo. I mean, those guys were different players in their breakout years. Uh, and this year, it was Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. They had their breakout years. <laughs> Both of those guys are going to get drafted higher. Tavondre Sweat run the Outland Trophy. He's considered the best, if not one of the best, D-tackles in the country. And Byron Murphy is also top 10 best D-tackle in the country. So you have two D-tackles every year that have had their breakout seasons. <laughs> and you've watched it happen. You've watched it happen in real time. you watched those guys uh, you know, kind of transmogrify their skill set into being NFL, not only just NFL players, but high-caliber potential NFL players who are going to get drafted uh, really high in the NFL at that D-tackle position. And now Vernon, Broden, and Alfred Collins, it's their turn. And I think Alfred Collins sees that, you know, why couldn't it be me? I mean, I have a, a, a skill set. I have the raw material to be as talented, if not more talented, than any of those guys, actually. And isn't that crazy? Like, he actually has a higher upside. I'm not saying that he's going to achieve it. That's a different decision. He's got to, uh, you know, close the gap between his upside, uh, his potential, 
and all the other things in between, the work ethic, the football IQ, uh, the tenacity, the intensity, the physicality, all that kind of stuff. That's on him. But in terms of just raw material, Alfred Collins has more than Colburn, Ojimo, Sweat, or Murphy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's just a freak. Well, and you talk about in recruiting, right? You're trying to recruit Mm. to the traits and the uncoachables and the things you try to develop the rest. But, I mean, the traits of Alfred Collins are ridiculous. He's 6'6", 6'6 and a half, long arms. The, the size that you're looking for, but he's, you know, 300 pounds, Rod. I mean, 320 pounds at that so, size who can move. Who can move. I mean, you know, but again, his his issue is is he was a basketball player growing up, and he's still kind of learning how to play football, Rod, and play with leverage and play low. Um, sometimes still plays too high, which gets him, you know, doesn't maximize his power and his strength. And that's that's obviously what Bo Davis, if, if indeed, as we talked about off the top of the show, Bo Davis is still the D-line coach at Texas. There are rumors that uh, LSU was coming hard, uh, but you assume he's back. Uh, you you got to take to the coaching, and you got to play with that tenacity, Rod. And he's now seen, as you said, you know, four of his teammates really elevate. Uh, yep. Tavondre Sweat from guy that was just seen as a, as a big guy to now, you know, Outland Trophy winner, first-round draft pick potential at 360 pounds. Byron Murphy, uh, his motor. And, I, I, you know, if you could put Byron Murphy's motor into Alfred Collins, look out. I mean, you'd have oh. – I mean, that's a first round talent right yeah, there. That's right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and yeah. that's what they're trying to get uh, Alfred to. And, you know, he, he has a chance to play himself into uh, into something something big, but he's got to play that way. And that, yeah. that's the, you've got to take to the development that you're talking about. Well, there's there's, there's really nothing missing from, um, you know, right now the, the development aspect because you know you got Bo Davis. He's got all the physical tools. Um, so the, really the only thing holding him back from reaching his upside is going to be the amount of work that he's putting in and his ability to, uh, you know, to, to really focus and, like you said, kind of commit to being a physical football player. They're, they're waiting on him to become what uh, Tavondre Sweat and what Byron Murphy has become, a guys who almost refuse to be blocked. <laughs> uh, and that's what happened to those guys. They became war daddies in the process. Uh, that's what they hope for Africa. So I see exactly why he did it, and I think it's a smart move for him. Um, Texas has had at least three of the top five highest-graded defensive tackles for the second straight season in the Big 12. They had the Ojimo, Byron Murphy, and Tavondre Sweat in 2022, Sweat, Murphy, and Collins in 2023. And we'll see if that continues because uh, that is a – right now, Bo Davis is uh, – he's on a, a coaching heater. In terms of the uh, the guys that he's churning out here at Texas, uh, okay, let's talk about who, who who's going, who's staying, and some of the uncertain, um, really the really the uncertain options uh, that Texas has. Because right now we're not really sure about uh, J T. Sanders, not sure about A D. Mitchell. Jonathan Brooks is a really interesting one. Uh, we're not really sure what uh, Jonathan Brooks is going to do. David Bender has a decision to make, not about going to the NFL, but whether he's going to return because he does have more uh, eligibility, so he could return. Um, there's talk that uh, – we were talking about this. My man Bobby Burden brought this up on on Texas. Uh, there's talk about whether Keaton Crawford is going to return or not. So 
that's, uh, I guess, another topic of discussion. But we know X-Men is gone. Uh, we know that, you know, obviously, Tafondre Sweat, there are certain guys you're going to be losing. You're going to lose six guys off the offense and the defense, the way it's looking at right now. You'll lose on the defense. You're going to lose, of course, starters. Those guys I consider starters. Uh, you're going to lose Watts. You'll lose Sweat. You're going to lose Murphy. You're going to lose Jalen Ford. You're going to lose Jade Barron, and you lose just Jaron Thompson. Got to replace those guys on defense, and those guys made a lot of big plays for you. <laughs> well, you played most of your big plays, save games for you. It'll be interesting to see. Jaron Thompson is the one that's interesting because there's talk he may j- jump in the portal because he may not have a spot at Texas in the that's future of secondary. About, that's yeah, talk about Keaton Crawford as well. Yeah, Keaton Crawford. That maybe he, he, he because of his speed and. You know, he'll try his hand at the NFL because he could be a specialist type of player. Uh, but either way, there's portal, and I don't even know what uh, you know, how many years of eligibility you get these days, but it seems like you can always find another one. Uh, but Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford, they're, they, you know, they, they've probably already lost their spots to, to bigger. You know, Andrew Makuba coming in. you got another recruiting class coming in, development behind them. So we'll see. But you're right, six on that side and then six on the offensive side, mostly on the specialist side of things. Where, yeah, we assume, right, because we assume A.D. Mitchell is, and JT Sanders are going to leave. We don't know. They haven't announced anything yet officially. We say, hell, Quinn Ewers has not announced anything officially. But we assume Quinn's coming back. Um, but JT Sanders, I assume that he's going to leave. The Jonathan Brooks one is interesting. That's the one I'm not sure about. With the injury, look, he was he was considered top running back on the board at one point uh, in the cost, when he was um, at his peak this season before he got hurt, when he was considered a Doak Walker Award uh, front runner, And – I wonder now with the value or devaluation of the running back position in the NFL, so they're not drafted high anyway, and then coming out the injury, not drafted. I don't, and I don't know the timeline of his injury either in terms of the recovery, that kind of stuff. And, and running backs don't, like, they don't want to come back to school because they need to get paid ASAP because they have short NFL careers, a short shelf life, and they don't make a lot of money. They're, they're devalued more so than any other position other than kicker and punter. Well, and, and you know, unless you're Christian McCaffrey or Bijan Robinson, you're not going to be a first-round draft. Yeah, you're not going to be yeah. a top, you know, twenty pick ever. No matter what you do in college next year, if you come back to Texas, if you're Jonathan Brooks, uh, so if you're going to be a you know third, fourth-round pick, which most running backs are these days, you just go and begin that clock, begin your NFL career, rehab as an NFL player. Because look, he did get hurt at TCU, which is in November. So it's one of those should be ready for the workouts. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, is he? Yeah, I don't know. He'll he won't be able to do combine no. work and individual workouts saying, that, and those kind of things. That's going to devalue him even more. Yeah, so he can't work out. Yeah, but again, he's got till January fifteenth to make the decision of what he wants to do. All these players do. It's now January fourth, so you have eleven days essentially to to do your research and uh, talk to the advisors and make a decision for for all these guys. My concern with Jay Brooks is I, I think he could slide into the late rounds. Yes. Just because of the injury. As you pointed out, running back's already going to slide anyway. Um, he's coming off the injury. That's another slide. Can't work out. Another slide. Um, I think he slides into the late rounds. And I think a team, yeah, they're going to they're gonna see him as a project. And good news is they've expanded the practice squads. You can stay on practice squads longer. You know, they can put more guys there, and they can put guys there who are just developmental projects or guys who are coming off an injury, and they can bring in Jay Brooks and say, I'll give him a year and a half, two years. Let him get ready. Let him get an NFL body, NFL armor, fully healed, and then when he's fully healed up, I'll get a bargain. Because this guy was a second-round talent at running back, but we got him. In the fifth round. In the, yeah, exactly. Fifth, fifth or sixth round. There will be some really smart GMs that will see that. They, sure. they think long-term like that. Um, so that I, I, my concern is that he's going to slide. And I, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I think he probably should go. 
because coming back to school, I'm not sure that's the best option for you, considering you know injury risk in the. Well, think about that. I mean, too. I mean, yes, yeah, so it, it sucks for Jonathan Brooks. I mean, it sucked when he got when he got hurt. I mean, it was it was a terrible timing. It was bad for the team. Everything. He was on his way to being a Doak Walker winner and maybe you know second or third round draft pick into the NFL. Well, now here he is. If he comes back, right? You got C.J. Baxter. You've got uh, Jaden Blue coming back. You've got the addition of two new freshmen who are yeah, going to – and they're both early enrollees, Rod. So you're – you know, for, for the entire offseason, while you're rehabbing, they're getting reps and they're playing. And, you know, w- if you're Jonathan Brooks and you come back to Texas next year, will you even play a lot? I mean, where is your spot going to be? It's crazy to think. So but it's almost it's all, like yeah, go pro, get drafted or get onto a team and rehab there and while you're getting paid – and and yeah, hope there's a and look, you got to listen to the people. You got to you got to got to talk to your coach, Deshard Choice, who knows a lot of people in the NFL, right? I and mean, you're trying to find as much information as you can. But it's just it's such a it's not it, neither scenario is great for Jonathan Brooks right now, okay. because Texas is. I mean, C.J. Baxter, it, it looks like the running back of the future. Jaden Blue came on late, and they're adding other players to that position uh, that are going to be competing for those reps. So, and again. You, just because of the injury, you won't be able to do reps through spring, through the winter, this summer most likely. So it's a tough spot for Jonathan to be in for sure. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, but that's the, that's what you're looking at. And most likely, I, I think Jonathan Brooks right there, he's probably the only one that's kind of 50-50. I think the rest of those guys, J.T. Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, I mean, those guys are probably more 80-20, maybe 90-10. Uh, that they're leaving to go to the NFL. Uh, they just haven't made their announcement yet. But the other guys who are, aren't making NFL decisions, they're just making decisions about whether they're uh, you know, going to hit the portal or whether they're going to exhaust their eligibility. Um, that's an interesting decision, too. Guys like Keaton Crawford, uh, he brought up Jaron Thompson. Uh, David Bender's another one of those guys, too, uh, that you think about. So those guys have different decisions to make. And Jalen Ford coming out is interesting, too. Um, I wonder where he'll be drafted. I haven't talked a lot about that. We're lying back to another position that's weird. In the, if you're not a pass rushing linebacker, yeah. yeah, in terms of how much value you have. So we'll talk more about that, but uh, those are kind of your um, updates on who's going, who's staying. But Alfred Collins coming back is a is really big news for Texas. Yeah, and you wonder behind the scenes, Steve Sarkeesian and the staff kind of know who's going where, but they want to trickle this out day by day. I guess so. It seems like that. I guess, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they got a plan for it. I don't know, like, because it's, it's one. I'm like, what's, had, what's, what is Quinn waiting on? He's got a video that he's got on post or something is in production? Yeah. Right? He's got to get his graphics really done. Cool gri- yeah, I was like, what's Because remember, they thought they were going to win that game on the night. Now they're not, so maybe you got to scramble to update the graphics. And Because as I said yesterday with Quinn Ewers, people – he was That's asked true. that, and he doesn't mean he can't change his mind, but after the game, he was asked about, you know, the offseason, what's to come, and he, he certainly sounded like a player who's planning to be back. And he was talking about how he wants to attack the offseason, and he wants to be one of the leaders. And, um, you know, he, wasn't, he didn't sound in the postgame in, in New Orleans like a guy who was planning to yeah. – uh, to, but again, you know, got, got 11 more days. We'll follow it as it goes with uh, the Alfred Collins news on the heels of the Xavier Worthy announcement on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we'll get it day by day here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod V. We'll also come back with some What the Facts. Uh, also, as we said, good guest lineup. Jerry Hamilton will join us in our next hour. Uh, he was over at that Under Armour All-American game covering seven Longhorns over there in Orlando. Get your details on that coming up. Uh, plus all the Thursday conversations as we roll on. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rod V. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Can I kick it? 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 Time for what the facts here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. And as you reported yesterday, Rod, it is a fact now that Jim Harbaugh has hired Don Yee 
to be his new agent. Of course, there's been talk that the uh, the Wolverines head coach, who's embattled Wolverines head coach, who's been suspended on two occasions this year, might be looking to bolt to the NFL. Don Yee does have a ton of ties in the NFL. Yes, sir. Uh, agent for, for Tom Brady, right? Yes, he is. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. Is this uh, the final game at, at Michigan for Jim Harbaugh on Monday? Do you think that's a fact, Rod? Do you think it is, or what's your lean oh, here where yeah. Jim Harbaugh will be next no. year? Uh, right now I'm leaning NFL. I'm leaning Lee. I'm leaning with the Chicago Bears, man. It's just it's a perfect situation. You get you, you can draft your quarterback you want and draft another piece. going to got multiple, what, top ten picks right now, the first pick too? Yeah, right now oh, as the draft order stands, it's a fact that uh, the Bears would have the first pick and the tenth you pick. You can trade Justin Fields for more ca- draft capital or yep. players if you want to. Yep. Oh man, you can go in there and just kind of remake that whole thing in your own image real quick. And they're not—they're not bereft of talent, by the way. Yeah, it's not a terrible team. It's not a terrible team. Matter of fact, right now they're playing some good football. Yeah, Justin Fields has actually played his way into a spot where he would be. Uh, people would would be a desire to trade for him. Why would you hire Don Yee? What's the point? Yeah, you ain't going to the league. Well, you got to explore. You got to that on the heels of the reports of the month that. You know, the, the, the Wolverines have been scrambling to try to re-sign him to know a new mega contract mm-hmm. that would include a kicker of, you know, no NFL uh, exploration. We'll pay you $12 million a year, Jim, to, to be a Michigan man, can stay a Michigan man. That's true. Um, you, you kind They'll of give feel, him all power then at that point. Yeah. He'll kind of all powerful. Yeah, it kind of feels like if Michigan <laughs> – if Jim Harbaugh wanted to be at Michigan long-term, he would have already signed that deal. Instead, mm-hmm. he's going to coach them against Washington on Monday night and – Maybe win a national championship if he does. We'll see. Yeah, but the Bears' job, that'll be a coveted job. I mean, no one, nobody, nobody wants the Carolina job right now because you've got a lunatic as an owner and you got no – it doesn't look like Bryce Young was a good pick. They don't yeah. want to make talent have, around him. No draft capital. He gave right. him a lot of draft capital just to get that pick. To go right. get that pick. Mm. Uh, so you got you got work to do there, and you got to work with an owner that looks to be a bit of a mess. Ask Frank Reich. Ask Matt Rule. Yes. Got some problems going on there. Yeah, he's the, that's, that's a fact. He's the first owner to ever fire – coaches within a year of each other inside of a year in the NFL both under contract uh you know yeah that's unreasonable <laughs> he's throwing he's throwing uh, cups of whatever on fans out yeah. the window <laughs> yeah yeah that dude's yeah he's unstable right now yeah I'm not going it's to work little, for you yeah it's a little uns- yeah but the Bears job does seem like a good one uh because it you can control the roster and they won't be the only NFL team interested in hardball agreed there'll be other well, Chargers may Chargers Raiders too. Raiders. I didn't think about the Raiders. Oh, well, Tom Brady connection. Isn't Tom Brady any? Tom Brady is a part owner of that team. Yeah, Don Yee. Connections. There you go. There you go. Maybe the Raiders. You know Mark Davis. Oh man, he he seems like he wanted to hire a Harbaugh, doesn't he? That's like softball. He loves. He wants somebody who knows ball. That's why he loves John Gruden. He wants somebody who's already proven to be a ball coach. Yes, and of course, Tom Brady's a Michigan man too. You know what I'm saying? Connections. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now you got. I'm a believer. Now you baby believer. At first, I was just leaning that way. Now I'm all in. I think he. I think he's going to. Now, at least for. Especially for, if they win. Don't you want to leave on top, right off to oh, the sunset? Yeah. That. That's. That's. Come on, man. Everybody uh, wants to do that at one point in their life. Uh, Raiders All Pro receiver Devonte Adams, by the way, for for the fact, uh, has suggest he says that he wants the Raiders to keep Antonio Pierce. I saw that. Says he wants him to keep Antonio Pierce. Thinks he's really, you know, given a jolt to that locker room. And remember, when they hired uh, Josh McDaniel, they got rid of Bisaccia. Rich Bisaccia. They went and took him to the playoffs. Who had done a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, took him to the playoffs with Derek Carr. And, yep. um, you know, obviously the Josh McDaniels hire was a terrible one for that totally organization. Good. They took 10 steps back. So we'll see what they do. But uh, there are some subplots to this uh, 
this, oh, uh, you know, Michigan-Washington game on Monday night for the national championship down in Houston. By the way, have you seen the uh, the tickets on the, the secondary market for that game? Uh-oh. They've come down a little bit. When it looks like Texas could be there, it's going to be a tough ticket. In Texas? Yeah, in H-Town? Oh, you're right. I mean, those tickets will be through the roof. Yeah, now they've come down just a little bit. That's all right. That's still be – the buzz will build for it. I mean, you got – you got a good brand in there in Michigan. Think about it for Washington. Washington's just not a bigger brand, as big a brand. But, man, they got a good brand of football yeah. that they play. Playing for a national championship. I don't know if, they, if Michigan gets their way, though, because the best offense versus the best defense. Usually when that happens, does the best defense win usually when you have that in a championship scenario? We've seen that in the Super Bowl like a couple of times. Was that the Seahawks and the Broncos? Yeah. Oh, and the Seahawks just suffocated the Broncos. Yeah. Bad Super Bowl. So, yeah, you do have the number one passing and number one offense in the country against the number one defense in the country in that matchup, and, and we'll preview it coming up on Monday. Sexy. And uh, it is. It's a, it's a good matchup for sure, but the questions linger about the coach uh, for the Michigan Wolverines and what may happen beyond that conversation. Uh, moving forward, Kalen DeBoer, he's just the national AP coach of the year, what he's done with the Huskies. So, yes, sir. Uh, that game coming up on Monday night. So we'll follow those, uh, what the facts and where they're going with the coaching carousel around the National Football League. The coaching carousel. Because uh, only two teams who keep playing. Rod, what do you have in what the facts? Uh, how about this? We were just talking about Jonathan Brooks, so I'll throw this out there. Uh, shout out to my man, John Bianco. Jonathan Brooks and Xavier Worthy became just the fifth duo in UT history to post 1,000-yard rushing and receiving in the same season. The others, I was on campus for two of these. Sad Benson and Roy Williams did it twice. Nice. 02 and 03. Hodges Mitchell and my man Kwame Cavill in 99. Kwame. And Ricky Williams and Wayne McGarity in 1998. So you can see where the um, kind of the, 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 the modernizing of the Texas uh, offenses throughout the years when it came into play. It was Makovic made it modern, did Greg Davis, took it to another level. Sark's about to do this every damn year, pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much going to be Zark's goal. But, yeah, there you go. That's something that doesn't happen a lot on the Port Yankers. We'll come back. We'll continue to preview week 18 in the NFL. Pro Bowl rosters are out. Rod's got a rant next hour. Also, Jerry Hamilton on three sports. Their uh, senior recruiting insider and analyst will join us. Uh, what's, what's the next phase for the Longhorns? Also, Jerry's thoughts on the Longhorns and how the season ended on Monday night and where it's going. Uh, we got a lot to do. Glad you're with us. It's a Thursday for January. Appreciate you being there on 1019 AM 1260, streaming always on that Horn app and at hornfm.com. Well, the slot situation we've been uh, talking about here this morning uh, appears to be uh, just about ended here as a suspect has been taken into custody. It was a disturbance in a hotel room at the uh, Homewood Suites on Center Lake Drive, and uh, that is uh, between West Palmer Lane and McAllen Pass. So, again, that area, again, a good idea to avoid it to, for a while longer till they get it completely secure, but it looks like the suspect is in custody and things are calming down there. Now, when it comes to uh, crashes around town, well, we do have one Tesla Road near Toll 130. Actually, that one just dropped off the board, so uh, good news. Uh, just as kind of some routine delays, lighter than normal here on the major thoroughfares. I'm Don Butter, and that's traffic.